This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Good morning and welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. I am Matt Stahlbaum. And I am Jessica Stahlbaum. We're we... your hosts today and I just cut you off. What what were you going to say? <laughs> I'm going to say we are your hosts today. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. We're also pastors at East Coast Christian Center and we'd love to invite you to not just be part of Morning Breath, but if you're looking for a church, we'd love to invite you to church sometime. Yes. And uh, we've got all that information online as well as you can plan a service. You can scope us out on YouTube. We've got all our messages messages and all sorts of fun stuff there that you could kind of spy on us before you make your first trip to East Coast. You know what's so crazy about this day and age that we live in is most everyone that I meet who comes to our church, I say, how did you hear about us? And they said, well, I found you online. I found you in a Google search. I found you. Know, sometimes they see signs and then, but they'll look up the website first. Like pretty much everyone is going to check you out first. And I totally get that. Like I'm the same way. Before, yeah. before you go to a hotel, you're going to look at the pictures and you're going to scope it out. And so I really love um, our online platform, our app. The East Coast app is a great thing to learn more about us before you even come. But I do want to encourage you to come. Although you can get everything online, like these days especially, you can get the best preaching ever, like at the drop of a hat, at the tip of your fingertips, you know? What does the drop of a hat mean anyway? Drop how fall a hat how, can how drop? Quickly how it fall can... it? How fall a hat can drop? <laughs> how quickly it can fall? Yeah, you just say things sometimes and you're like, what does that even mean? Or am I, I'm the worst at like saying colloquialisms like incorrectly. And even that word incorrectly. But anyway, I really encourage you to come because although you can get all that stuff at the drop of a hat, you should still come because there's community that you're missing out on. If you're staying at home and you're just listening, even to us right now, like, yes, I'm so glad that you joined us. I'm so glad that you're diving into morning breath. You're learning more about the Bible. Hopefully you're reading along and coming, you know, seeing what God breathes on the chapter for yourself. But please come and join us. We have four locations in the county. We have 11 services. There's got to be a time that works for you. And we would just love to have you join us if you don't already have a church that you call home. Absolutely. You know, Morning Breath is meant to be in addition to you being a part of a community, a body of Christ. Like, you know, church means like a body of people, right? It doesn't mean just you. You're a Christian. The church is a collection of Christians. Now we use that word like a church building, Mm -hmm. but it's really, we say a church building because it's a place the church gathers, right? right? A small group is a small gathering of believers. It's a a small church. Mm -hmm. And in our context, it's a church within the church, right? So we've got small groups, we've got freedom groups, we've got big services, medium-sized services, smaller services, different locations, Cocoa, Merida, Island, Vieira, and we've got great places for you to connect. In fact, our Vieira campus, I'm just going to highlight them for a minute. We meet at the high school. We're about to have our eighth year anniversary, yes. and, and we're in process of building. We are going through the permitting and all of that right now, and we will begin to build sometime this year at Vieira Boulevard in Tavistock. Yep. This is right off of 95 in Vieira, right by Publix. Yeah. What a great piece of property. I think We bought it before there was that interchange from 95, before there was a Starbucks that's about to be open on March 13th. I heard that news today, March 13th, that one by the Publix in Vieira. And uh, before, apparently there's going to be a Chick-fil-A and a Wawa. So really, it's like the most amazing corner yeah, ever. in the county. <laughs> We're super excited about that. But um, again, to get more information about Morning Breath, you can go to our website, eccc.us, or grab our app, the East Coast app, or call our church offices at 321-452-1060, and Ms. Ernstine can get you any information that you may need or require. And we are in Luke chapter 18, 
Today, I'm going to read through verse 23. I must say to you, read. Luke 18. Now Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make the point that at all times they ought to pray and not give up and lose heart, saying, In a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and had no respect for man. There was a desperate widow in that city, and she kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice and legal protection from my adversary. For a time he would not, but later he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will give her justice and legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will be in an intolerable annoyance and she will wear me out. (laughs) Then the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not our just God defend and avenge his elect, his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay in providing justice on their behalf? I tell you that he will defend and avenge them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find this kind of persistent faith on the earth? He also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves and were confident that they were righteous, posing outwardly as upright and in right standing with God, and who viewed others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple enclosure to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood ostentatiously and began praying to himself in a self-righteous way, saying, God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of men, swindlers, unjust, dishonest adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing at a distance, would not even raise his eyes toward heaven, but was striking his chest in humility and repentance, saying, God, be merciful and gracious to me, the especially wicked sinner that I am. I tell you, this man went to his home justified, forgiven of the guilt of sin and placed in right standing with God, rather than the other man. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself, forsaking self-righteous pride, will be exalted. Now they were also bringing their babies to him, so that he would touch and bless them. And when the disciples noticed it, they began reprimanding them. But Jesus called them to himself, saying to the apostles, Allow the children to come to me, and do not forbid them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these." I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God with faith and humility like a child will not enter it at all. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, you, who are essentially and morally good, what shall I do to inherit eternal life, that is, eternal salvation in the Messiah's kingdom? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is essentially and morally good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. He replied, I have kept all these things from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything that you have and distribute the money to the poor, and you will have abundant treasure in heaven. And come, follow me, becoming my disciple, believing and trusting in me, and walking the same path of life that I walk. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Verse 24. I thought you said verse 27, so (laughs) we'll, uh, we'll roll on. Verse 24, Jesus looked at him and said, How hard... It is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, who then can be saved? Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, we have left all we've had to follow you. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. Jesus took the 12 aside and told them, we are going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written by the prophets about the son of man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. 
the disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Amen. Amen. When you were reading this um, last night, you said, man, what is with these disciples rebuking babies and blind men? <laughs> yes, you're right. They were rebuking babies and blind men. Oh how silly! Gosh. You really just think like how silly it is when you look at it as a whole. But but I, you know that they don't rebuke the like rich young ruler. Oh, they don't yeah. rebuke a tax collector. They don't rebuke you know like prominent people. But they're out rebuking babies and blind people. I know. Jeez, come on, What's bro. What's wrong with these people? Uh, I want to start back at verse one the very beginning, a very good place to start. And it says, Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make the point that at all times they ought to pray and not give up and lose heart. And I love that in the very beginning, uh, we are told the point of the story before the beginning, which Jesus doesn't often do. So I thought I liked that I got to read the rest of this with that in mind. We ought to pray and not give up and lose heart. And then he tells a story about a certain city, there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. And there was this widow who kept coming to him asking for justice. And he was like, no, no, no. And then finally, he's like, even though I don't respect God, and even though I don't fear man, this lady will not give up. She will not quit. And she is going to wear me out. First of all, I thought about kids. Kids are the masters at wearing us out. right? Like they do not give up. They know how to, especially Adeline, our eight-year-old daughter, our only girl that probably has something to do with it. She knows how to wear us out to the Mm -hmm. point where we say yes to her (laughs) far more than we say yes to our boys, I think. Don't you think? Well, I think they're all different. I think uh, one of our children just doesn't keep asking. He just kind of does it. Yeah. Because he's like, I'm not even going to ask. <laughs> I'm so just going to go do it. You know? <laughs> That's so true. And our, our firstborn is just like. I'm not telling people which children are doing that. Oh, sorry. Not... Yes. Uh, Forget that you don't, you don't know us or our, our firstborn children. <laughs> is amazing. We love them all. And our secondborn and our thirdborn, too. I always say, like, you're my favorite girl because I say that to Adeline. <laughs> and she's like, I'm your only girl. I'm like, it's still true. And then I say to Reagan, you're my favorite oldest and then to Hudson you're my favorite second oldest because they all are and that's funny how we all have that different personality like you know some of us are more likely to be like okay Mm -hmm. I'll listen um, but then resent it yeah well, the point of the story, too, is the the it's a, a parable, which is a story to explain a point that God is saying, do not give up in prayer. Do not lose heart in prayer. You ought, to, you ought to at all times pray and not give up and lose heart. And so for me, praying is often my last resort when it really should be my go-to. It should be the first thing I do because prayer gets our eyes off of the circumstances and onto Jesus, who is really our only hope for anything in our lives to work out. You know, we did this Powerful Prayers message series last year in 2019. I think it was, was it October? Um, somewhere around that. But you can get on our app and get that message series. But it was one of the best things I think we've ever done. Just as far as a, a response from people, like people were really like, immediately going to pray for things like let's not just talk about this. Let's pray together. Let's do this. Yeah. It really activated me and people around me. 
And I just loved it. And I would absolutely recommend that you go back and listen to that. But this unjust judge versus Jesus. Jesus says, if even he will answer the woman's cry for justice, how much more will Jesus? And I think our faith has to be persistent. We need to keep our eyes fixed on him. He, it says in the Bible, he's the author and finisher of our faith. So many times I look back at situations where I had no idea how they were going to work out in the moment, but then they did. And when you really look back, it was only God. I think about this one time, and I, don't, I haven't really talked. I don't think we've ever talked about this, um, especially on the air. I think it was too hard for a long time. But Hudson, our middle son, he's 12 now. But when he was five, I believe, he got his thumb caught in a ladder. And some well-meaning person tried to open the ladder and couldn't open it. And they pulled it out and therefore severed it practically. It was just like, I won't go into detail. It was not good. And he comes running to him, uh, to me, with him in his arms and saying, you got to go to the ER, you got to go to the ER. And you were not home yeah. at that time. And so it was, and I had an infant and then another child as well. And so it was terrifying. And it, in the moment, it was so like, how is this going to work out? It was his left thumb. He was, we already knew he was left-handed. There were so many thoughts that were going through my head. Long story short, we went to one hospital. They didn't do anything. They just wasted our time. But then looking back, by the time we finally got to Arnold Palmer Hospital, which is the place where he was able to have surgery. He had to have at, pediatric um, hand right. plastic surgery yes. to get the thumb and, back working. Exactly. And that is such a specific um, specialty, a pediatric hand surgeon. But who was on call at Arnold Palmer in the ER at 3 a.m. on whatever day? I think it was like a Friday night a pediatric hand surgeon. Yeah. Like it was incredible to see him, Dr. Nicolopoulos or something like some, he was Greek and he was amazing and he was there. God put him there for us in that time. And he really wasn't supposed to be able to have surgery because he was on, the only surgeon on call in the ER. And it just, God just worked out all the pieces and parts and his thumb works totally fine now. And um, it's just amazing to think back of, we prayed, we definitely stopped and prayed. I remember so many times that we were just like, God, there's only you can figure this out. Only you can make a way in this situation. We don't know what to do. Yeah. So the one hospital couldn't help us. Like they didn't know really what to do for his thumb because um, various reasons. We won't get into details. And then we get to the next hospital and Dr. Nicolopoulos was on call, but they only had one surgery staff on call. Yeah. Cause this, this was like one thirty AM when we roll in mm -hmm. And the problem with that is if somebody was to come in from like a car accident with like a something that could major trauma, major trauma then they're having surgery on our son and they mm -hmm. couldn't have surgery on someone that had needed life saving surgery. So they were like, we don't think we can do this. And we're just like, look, what can you do to get this done? Like yeah. we've we've been I mean, you stood up for our son like you pushed hard and I did, too. And um they said, okay, here's what we'll do. And they were able to make a second surgery staff by a few of the like people that are more higher up in the, uh, I don't nursing. know, nursing yeah. and different people. They were able to put two surgery staffs because to put a child under and do surgery, it literally requires like seven people. Yeah. Like they have to have anesthesiologists. Mm -hmm. They have to have somebody, a special nurse there for resuscitation and all sorts of different yeah. things like that. And so they had to have all these things working and it did work out in our son's thumb works great now yeah. you know and yeah. we it's you can tell yeah and you, you look, look at, at it, it. Mm -hmm. well he can tell and he looks at it sometimes but i look at it like that's that was god yeah like helping us in a time where we really couldn't do anything yeah it's it's an incredible testimony and i think it's part of his testimony too you know god had his angels watching over him even though something bad happened he made a way of escape he made a way to work it all out and it was incredible so
Yeah, you know, what I saw about this was the same chapter, and it's something that I'll be teaching on really soon, is I'm noticing something about prayer. Um, we have to continually teach people how to believe God, that he will answer their pray, prayers Prayers. miraculously Mm -hmm. like that, that you can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and it will be done for you. Like Mm -hmm. that's, but that's hard to believe. Like it really is like, it's not easy because the whole point of it is this mountain has to get moved into that sea. Like, I don't know if this can be done in the natural. This is impossible. Right. But there's another part of prayer that I think we have to continually teach people too. And it's like, let's flip the coin and go to the other side. Some prayer takes longer mm-hmm. and we have to pray and keep praying. Yeah. And it's not inferior prayer. It's not an inferior prayer to pray and keep praying. It's not inferior because the mountain didn't get launched into the sea instantly mm-hmm. because, you know, mountains sometimes go into the sea over time. They're like the dunes on the on the uh, the beach yeah. through the erosion. process of time and erosion. And there are certain things in our life that actually take time to happen. You know, your calling takes time. Mm-hmm. Like you don't just go, I will be a superstar traveling the world doing amazing stuff. Poof. Yeah. God, do it. Like, no. You got to have some character. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you got to earn this thing too. Like God can't just snap his fingers and change all of your decision making and all the things inside of you. It's going to take some time yep. for that to be worked out. And th- it gets a little confusing, like for everybody. Is mm-hmm. this something that can happen quick? Is this something that can take time? Right. Where I think we're the most comfortable praying is, Lord, let your will be done Kind of fast, like (laughs) not like super fast or anything, but not like super slow. Right. Just like in a time that I can deal with it. You know, that's where our comfort zone with prayer is where now some things take longer. I mean, they really just do. Like sometimes when you're praying for things, you're also praying for other people in the process Mm -hmm. and they've got to change too. Yep. And we can't make people change. We, you know, I remember praying. I remember praying for you. I remember praying for a wife. And I went to God and I was like, Lord, if I don't get married in two years, <laughs> I'm going to be super frustrated, Lord. <laughs> like, make it happen. And I met you right at the two-year mark. I, just, I met you. We weren't married. Mm-hmm. But at that two-year mark, I was not married. But I just met you. And it, and even in just meeting you, there was this process of getting to know you and you getting to know me yeah. and you working some things out and me working some things out and, and how um, that took some time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm i like, married in two years, poof. Yeah. God's like, no. He's like, He's like no. I could make that happen, <laughs> but you probably won't like the results. Well, I was at, at that point, I met you when I was 17, so I was only 15 at that time. So some nah. things needed to happen. <laughs> I needed to grow up literally a little yeah, bit. You never but, know. But sometimes we're shortcutting. We could shortcut what God's best for us yes. is, right? We could say, I need my calling to happen right now. Right. That looks like a great idea. Boo, just go do that. Versus like being faithful in little, yep. right? And he will make you ruler over much. Yes. Oh, I'm not willing to be faithful over little. I want to manage medium mm-hmm. and you'll stay medium. Yeah, that's forever. such a good word. And you'll probably go backwards. Yeah. Because if, you, if, if it's medium now, in 10 years, medium will feel like microscopic. Totally. 
But if you're faithful and little, God will take you through a process of time, mm-hmm. growing you and sustaining you and you earning the right to lead others, you earning the right to speak into the world. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a principle in the Bible that says, um, be fruitful, then multiply. Well, in order to be fruitful, there's a process of growth. Yeah. There's a process of change. Yep. A seed goes into the ground. A tree is born. It grows up. It begins to be fruitful. Now it multiplies other seeds. You mm-hmm. take those in the ground. You take a tree with 100 pieces of fruit. You plant 10 of those seeds into the ground. And now you've got 10 trees in five years from now. Right. So now you've got 11 trees. Yeah. Now let's say you take 10 seeds from each of those trees. And in five years from now, now you have 111, I believe that would work out to be, mm-hmm. 111 trees now producing fruit. Mm-hmm. Now you're fruitful and you're multiplying it. Yeah. I think about Matt Redman, who who was not being fruitful and he was not multiplying until he wrote the song, A Heart of Worship. Yeah. And it was a song reaching um, really the heart of people saying, look, we've got to worship the Lord. We, we need to stop worshiping ourselves mm-hmm. through the songs that we like. Yes. So let's worship God instead because yeah. this this isn't my jam. I can't worship to this. Who knew his name before that, really? Nobody. Right. I mean, just like a couple of people in yeah. Watford, England. Exactly. Now he's changed the generation of worship with his songs. Yeah. Heart of Worship, um, 10,000 Reasons. Yeah. I mean, just it goes on and on and on. Yeah. He's, he has changed the generation through worship because he was fruitful and then he multiplied. Yeah. But imagine if before he was fruitful, he's like, hey, I'm out of here. I'm touring the world. Yeah. Yeah, you'll tour the world on the sidewalk with a hat, you know, and like <laughs> playing your jams. Yeah. But he got fruitful in his local church. He stuck around. And then God decided, hey, this is happening. And this goes back to pray and keep praying. Yep. Be faithful. You know, let's not just live in the middle ground of, okay, Lord, answer the prayer kind of fast, mm-hmm. but not too fast, but not too slow. Yeah. You know, like just right. Yes. Like Goldilocks. <laughs> That's right. So verses 9 to 14 uh, crack me up a bit because we have the contrast of this Pharisee who is a religious um, maybe teacher versus this tax collector who is a known sinner. And basically the Pharisee is going and ostentatiously, my version of the Bible says, begins praying to himself not to God, in a self-righteous way, saying, God, I thank you. I'm not like the rest of these jokers. It's ridiculous. It's so obviously ridiculous. He's like, I'm fasting twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. And then we have this tax collector who at that day and age was a sinner, sinner of all sinners, standing over there and being humble, not even daring to look up into heaven because he felt so unworthy, but just basically saying like, I'm not even worthy to be here. Please forgive me. And so I just see this contrast between them, and it it makes me think of three things. First of all, we can never judge someone's heart from their outward appearance, ever. Yet we do it all the time. We looked at we lo- we would look at this Pharisee in that day and age, and you would think that guy had it all together. He was so good. He was this and that. He was so holy. And you would look at a tax collector and say he's such a sinner. Yet here, their hearts, their motives, all of that came out. Like we cannot judge people from the outside. The second is that. Though this Pharisee was fasting and tithing and doing all the things, all of those things are good in and of themselves, but the wrong motive renders them absolutely pointless. If you're doing them with the wrong motive, the wrong heart, it's pointless. And then third was we have to guard our hearts against a self-righteous attitude because there is no one righteous, no, not one. We are only in right standing with God because of Jesus, not because of anything we've done. And in Ephesians 2, it says, for it's by grace, God's remarkable compassion and favor drawing us to Christ that we have been saved, not of anything that we have done of ourselves, of our own effort, but it's the undeserved gracious gift of God, not a result of our works. 
lest any man should boast. And I think we can leave it there and we will be right back. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. We want to be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts. East Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. East Coast Christian Center, Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road, Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Breath. Welcome back. We are finishing up in Luke chapter 18. And before we took a break, I was talking about Ephesians 2.8 and how it's the grace of God that saves us. And sometimes that requires often, always, probably, a, a childlike faith. And in verse 17, it says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God with faith and humility like a child will not enter it at all. And I thought of three things that children are that adults are often not. Children are trusting. They trust us to take care of them. They trust that they're going to have a meal. They trust that they're going to be safe when they go to sleep. They trust us for everything. Things they don't even think about they're trusting us for. Two is they are typically humble. Like kids are usually pretty humble. They're pretty um, usually quick to be like humble in a situation uh, to give. You know, I think about our kids and one of them especially is incredibly humble. When I apologize to him for something that I've done or said or a way that I've spoken, he's so quick to forgive me and so humble. And then the third thing is, again, forgiving. Kids are very forgiving. They forgive us very quickly and we need to learn from them. We need to be trusting and humble and forgiving 
and the Lord will totally bless us for that. That's right. Thanks for listening. God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.